Welcome to Unedited. So what have I been watching recently? Well, I started watching more Friday the 13th movies. I watched the first Friday the 13th movie more than 10 years ago now. And I watched the second movie uh, last week. So it's been a long time between movies. Uh, when I watched the first movie, I, I watched it more out of curiosity than anything else because I knew it's kind of a famous slasher movie. Um, I kind of bored with it. I wasn't all that impressed with it. Um, and I was kind of like, where's Jason in this movie? Because I, I had no knowledge of the Friday the 13th movies. So I thought like, isn't the guy with the hockey mask supposed to be in this? Uh, of course, if you're familiar with the movie, uh, you know, Jason appears at the very end um, in kind of a, like a dreamlike sequence. And he doesn't get the hockey mask until the third movie. Uh, in the second movie, he's out in full force, but he's wearing kind of like a, a sack over his head with one eye hole cut out and then the third movie he finally gets his hockey mask but it, it's not in any kind of grand style it was just um, something that was laying around that another character was using that he decided to borrow that mask but then it just became iconic after it and then in the fourth movie um, he actually dies. The fourth movie is supposed to wrap up the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, but uh, obviously it was very successful. So they made a, a fifth movie. So that is how far I've got at the moment. Uh, I've, I've watched the fifth movie. Um, Jason isn't in the, the fifth movie. Um, it's another person um, who's going around dressed like Jason, killing people in the same way as Jason, um, which, which is kind of interesting compared to the other movies. Um, like the first movie is just kind of slasher movie and it just doesn't feel all that special or original to be honest I'm not really a big fan of slasher movies and I never have been um, like growing up I never watched um, Friday the 13th or Halloween movies or Nightmare on Elm Street just like people in my family didn't watch it so like I didn't kind of watch it and I wasn't all that interested in it, in it too I guess I was more like the sci-fi person. We watched the original Terminator on TV, and we watched Blade Runner and movies like that. But I don't remember like um, ever sitting down to watch Halloween. And why I'm not interested in it is because it it just seems like a movie made for shocks and scares just blood and gore isn't that interesting for me as a viewer um, 
when I watch horror movies, I prefer something a little bit more psychological. So I kind of lean towards something like Ring, or kind of those late 90s, early 2000s Japanese horror and Japan, uh, Korean horror movies, which were very atmospheric, not so much about the jump scare or blood and gore. It was more about what you couldn't see that was scary for me, but just kind of showing everything on screen, my, my feeling was, oh, it's not real, it's just an effect. And it, it's done well, but um, didn't appeal to me. And like a lot of it is, you're introduced to a bunch of characters at the beginning of the movie, but you don't really feel invested in them or interested in them um, because you know they're going to like 95% of the characters introduced in the movie are going to die. And maybe one of them survives. So they don't really have any kind of personal growths. They're just kind of caricatures rather than something that's going to develop into uh, an interesting story or kind of personal conflict. So yeah, that's that's why I haven't really watched those kind of um, horror movies or slasher movies. Uh, same with Halloween. I think I, I watched the, f the first few Halloween movies last year for the first time. And just because the, the recent sequel had come out and everyone was kind of talking about it and saying it's very good. So I was kind of curious about it, but um, there's a lot of Halloween movies. so. I had a lot of catching up to do. I still haven't watched the entire series. I think I got about halfway through and not super motivated to continue, but maybe when it gets close to the the new Halloween movie coming out next year, I'll I'll start up watching the Halloween movies again. I kind of find Friday the 13th a little bit more interesting. Um, I, I like that kind of Jason is changing, evolving uh, through each movie. So I've got to part five and then in part six he, he comes back from the dead, which I haven't seen yet, but he's kind of going from an, a normal serial killer to a more supernatural serial killer, so there's kind of an evolution behind the character, and like I said in the first movie, it's it's not him, it's his mother killing people. So it's kind of still a little bit fresh. Um, maybe second and third movies are kind of you know it's a typical story, a bunch of kids and teenagers go camping somewhere and then they get killed. Um, but I think I, I enjoyed Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3 more than I did Part 4, the final chapter. I, th I think there's not much you can really do with these movies, and I felt um, I wasn't that interested in the, the family aspects and, and those characters. Um, um, one, one, like, 
character who was related to some other character that had died in the previous movie shows up to to kill Jason. I didn't find that character too compelling. Um, they don't really give him much of a connection other than that. Um, so it, it's okay. I, I enjoyed part five um, for different reasons because one is Jason is gone so it's not Jason killing people or it could be Jason killing people if, if he had survived somehow his head getting chopped up in the part four but I thought part five is interesting because we just don't know who is killing who um, so there's that kind of mystery aspect to it so I, I like that um, rather than just going through the motions of waiting for Jason to show up and kill people and kind of at the beginning of part five someone gets killed right away and it's well, kind of shocking that a, a kill happened so early rather than waiting to get halfway through the movie watching all this kind of boring setup of characters that are going to be killed in like 10 or 20 minutes later so yeah it's a uh, new beginning is interesting and I, I'm, I'm curious um, about part six I've heard part four and part six are the best of the Friday the 13th series but um, yeah, for me I think I enjoyed part three more there's, there's nothing really to enjoy about it. It's just that the characters in it are, and the kind of the situations in it are a little bit weird and kind of crazy in some way. And I just found those characters a little bit more interesting than the characters in the final chapter. Yeah, the final chapter is a lot about you know teenagers who just want to get laid and sleep around with each other it's it's a lot more um, about that compared to teenagers wanting to get laid in part two and three um, I think the focus is strongly on that in part four yeah I'll probably continue watching after part um, six uh, because now I'm kind of curious about the other movies. I'm curious about Jason Takes Manhattan and uh, Jason X, where he goes to space, and Freddy vs. Jason. So I should probably catch up on the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies as well. I actually watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie more than 10 years ago also. So yeah, I was trying to get into the slasher movie genre, and I watched... Friday the 13th part one and the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie but um, yeah I just at the time yeah, I wasn't that interested to continue watching the sequels so I watched the second Borat movie last week which was released on Amazon Prime it's a good movie I think it's not as good as the first movie but um, I wasn't completely blown away by the first movie either because I had watched a lot of Borat already 
um, on his television show and he was on the LAG show as well and on the kind of TV show I think um, it, it was less organized or less set up um, but w with the movie and in particular the second movie I felt like scenes are more planned out and I mean not just with the character of Borat but with the people he's interacting with and I, I feel like uh, more so in the second movie like the people he's interacting with are more in on the gag um, but in the first movie, it was less like that. Um, and in the TV show, uh, in TV appearances, he did, it, it completely wasn't like that at all. So that's why I was just kind of um, lukewarm on the first movie because I, I just felt like some of these scenes are set up. Some of these scenes are servicing the story of the movie rather than letting the character lose some unsuspecting public uh, and I think more so here there was a lot of that in the sequel as well although there, were, there are some funny scenes and some kind of um, stinging moments for some people involved in politics um, which I think works really well because um, those were less uh, kind of organized it was kind of like a hit and run type of tactic by Borath so yeah if you enjoyed the first movie if you like the character definitely check it out um, certainly is interesting to watch at this time I think five years ten years later it won't have as much relevance uh, I didn't think Borat really needs a sequel um, I think like the cat is out of the bag basically because the first one was such a hit they'd probably have to do a different character to kind of get away with what he used to be able to get away with um, but yeah if, if you but I like the character so it's always fun to see him back on the screen so yeah if you like the character too yeah check it out so two comics that I've been reading for the past few months came to an end recently. One is the Transformers Secret and Lies comic, which was kind of a, a four-issue comic um, based on the Transformers continuity from the Marvel UK and Marvel US comics that were written in the 80s and 90s. And uh, the art is very beautiful in these comics, and uh, they bring back Simon Furman to write the story, who uh, wrote a lot of the big epic stories in the Marvel UK and US Transformer comics. Uh, it's a prequel story, so it kind of slots in before Optimus Prime and Megatron leave Cybertron, and a little bit after they crash land on Earth. The first three issues are very interesting. There's a lot of setup and there's a lot of action and things happening. And I felt when they got to the fourth issue, it 
was a little bit of a letdown, I think, because it's only a four issue limited series and they have to tie up the loose ends and have it fit within continuity. So I felt there was a lot of wrapping things up, but it, it wasn't a big epic conclusion, but it, as, as the previous comics seemed a lot bigger in scale, this, this last issue, issue number four, felt a little bit smaller um, to tie up things and uh, fit in with the continuity. Uh, it would be interesting to see more uh, of this continuity, even though there's, there's over a hundred comics already. But I, I love this version of Transformers Generation 1. The, the comics version for me is the best continuity compared to the cartoon or the movies. I felt the comic storytelling was on an epic scale that hasn't really been reached in the animation or in the movies. I also read a comic called Batman The Adventures Continue, which is based on the animated series continuity. The comic book is written by Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, who were writers on Batman The Animated Series. And it's supposed to be a prequel, uh, well, kind of a prequel sequel that takes place between Batman The Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. I was thinking that it would tell more of the story and fill in more of the continuity uh, between those two shows. It doesn't really do that. Um, and I think a lot of people have been quite rightly critical about this comic because uh, I think a lot of people feel like story doesn't really add anything to the continuity and it feels like it's written and made it's a digital comic that was made to sell figures there was some figures that have been released um, of characters like Deathstroke, Azrael, Jason Todd, Red Hood these characters weren't originally in the animated series but some like toys, figures of these characters were released and the figures are in the style of Batman the Animated Series. So I, I had read about those figures first and then the, the comic uh, came along. But like I said, the comic doesn't really add anything to the story, in particular the Jason Todd Red Hood story, which I thought it, it's too similar to Death in the Family and Red Hood comics story of Jason Todd because this story is already um, done with Tim Drake in the animated series continuity. Tim Drake is captured by the Joker and he's kind of tortured by the Joker and we see those events happen in the Batman Beyond movie when they they flash back to those events and that scene is quite 
similar to what happened to Jason Todd. Uh, so I was expecting that they would change the, the origin or the story of Jason Todd a little bit in the animated series comics because it, it's too similar to what happens to Tim Drake but they, they don't do that it's, it's pretty much what we already know so it's not so interesting story uh, I, and it doesn't really have anything memorable There's, it's not really anything new it's nice to see Batman the Animated Series characters and uh, have those writers uh, Paul Dini and Alan Burnett working on it but uh, it doesn't add anything to the continuity and it just feels uh, kind of pointless comic so I don't recommend it last time I recommended the movie Not One Less it's a 99 movie by Zhang Yimou and apparently it's adapted from a 1997 story called A Sun in the Sky um, I really like this movie I, I love a lot of Zhang Yimou's movies and in particular like his, his earlier films are fantastic uh, I thought it's interesting that a lot of the casts in this movie um, are actually uh, people living in a kind of rural village so they weren't professional actors but um, they were chosen by Jean Yimot to be the kind of main actors in this movie and the basic story is that a, a young a very young substitute teacher filling in for another teacher's classes um, one of her young troublemaker students um, goes missing and she has to try find him but again she's in a very rural village and um, I think the, the boy is himself lost as well he cannot find his way home um, and because this was kind of filmed in a, in a real rural village and a lot of the actors um, like I said are people who actually maybe lived in that village and were not professional actors to begin with it has a very uh, realistic and uh, feel to it um, a little, maybe a little bit documentary style feeling to it for me, what I think stands out most is probably the performances of the actors. Uh, it just feels very natural and raw, again, like I said, because um, these were people living in the village. Uh, it has some commentary on the divide between kind of rural life and um, urban life, which I maybe would not see as much these days in kind of more mainstream modern Chinese movies uh, yeah I don't think this is a movie that uh, we would see from China today um, but it's an excellent movie uh, and I think the, the end scene 
where she finally uh, appears on the news and is looking for the boy and kind of makes an announcement for the boy to come home and the boy is watching the TV and he's crying it's a very beautiful scene uh, yeah that's that's quite a memorable moment for me in that movie next movie I want to recommend because it's Halloween tomorrow maybe some of you haven't seen it yet I want to recommend the original Ring movie and this is the Japanese version of Ring and which was directed by Hideo Nakata so if you have time or if you're looking for a good movie to check out during Halloween check out Ring uh, take care and